1: Hey Hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Visit sprout.ph slash monthly 5 k If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode.
0: The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharepdax. Also powered by... Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. I
2: was like asking them, what are you looking for? Because I will n- never give up. And uh, with all of this information I, I put into Excel, I draw a line. I draw all those things that they need. And we started working towards those
0: goals. Welcome to Hustleshare. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster bae-yong
1: Welcome to this episode of I'll Share Podcast. We are nearing our third year anniversary and again we gotta go local and we gotta go uh global at the same time because today we're gonna be having one of my cover buyers technically from where my roots originate and again i have a bias towards homegrown founders because again i came from that tree and today we're gonna be having one of the most promising if you haven't heard about the startup yet you should be because they're gonna be making a lot of noise uh, in the next coming weeks and months Because of what they do And they actually fall into the Iron Triangle If you've listened to uh Gobi Core Car- Carlo Delantar's episode a couple of months back The Iron Triangle of the Philippines Consists of logistics, e-commerce, and fintech And this fits right into that Because again, uh, it supports an ecosystem that's much well, uh going to thrive so without getting carried away let's welcome the founder and ceo of peddler mr Nell Ligo. Whoop, whoop. welcome to the show bye
2: thank you bye so all right it. all
1: right before i get carried away to start speaking what i with you I, i'll i'll refrain because <laughs> it's only <laughs> us who will be able to understand that. But again, welcome to Hustle Share, and I'm, I'm I'm happy because there's not a lot of what I's out there. I I mean we, you and me, and then Mr. Francis Plaza doesn't even know I'm what I. And again, oh. proof of the concept we were kind of conversing in what I before we we um started pressing record. But again, before I get carried away again, I need to ask you the million dollar question. Nell, what's your hustle?
2: Hello, hi Ron. thank you. So basically, what we are doing is in peddlers, we're making, uh, we're creating a business financial manage management app that helps uh, micro and small businesses on the Philippines manage their operations better and at the same time, earn more. So that's the nutshell of what we are doing. And it
1: is an app, right? Or is it a web and app a.
2: Technically a bookkeeping application with a inventory management on its core. So what we did for Pedlers, we managed to transform the, the the expensive and make it free in terms of distribution. It's a wow. POS application. So we wow. all know that most of the retail or the micro and small businesses has or has this demand. On the on this kind of technology, but the problem is the price. There's a barrier entry yeah. on adapting to this kind of technology. So, so what we did is we try, somehow eliminated that barrier so that mm-hmm. everyone on the micro and nano level can you know use the application. And yeah. at the same time, yeah. So we're making the complex. The the solutions not new. It's a, it has been there for decades. Yeah. And the only the second barrier is like the complexity per se because it's hard to use you need a lot of sales people to do the demo on how to use a pos application but with peddler we managed to make that complex very very simple that we don't need to do any sales or demo with the users so since day one after we launched we did we haven't done any demo and the users managed to figure out how to
1: use the applications in five to ten minutes that is amazing and again you're right. This this problem and this solution has been around. I've seen earlier um, iterations of this with other groups, right? And I, I'm, I'm I'm gonna name drop them a little bit, but but not to the extent. Because what I, I always hear that their problem is adaption, especially on the grassroots level with the Sari stores, the Nanais, for or sure. the pamangkins that were that are gonna use this. Um, application because, again, that that's your user. But if you were able to break through that and did not require a demo, you're doing an amazing job. But, again, before we do that, we have to make you back a lap because we're going to have to go uh, to Clark a little bit uh, because we're going to have to go to Katbalogan Samar because I want to <laughs> understand how you built your hustle and how you're able Uh, To, again, break through the barriers and whatnot, because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. All right. So again, very, very much rooting for you. But I want to understand, this is personal to me because my family, my mother, my grandmother, who I love uh, more than anything, came from that region. They came from northern Samar and they always told me how difficult life was and that I carry that to this day, that I'm very fortunate I'm able to do what I do and pay it forward because where we came from is not something to mess with. And whenever I come home to visit, uh, you know, uh, my family there, it's just a stark reminder of how difficult life was and not a lot of people get out. Of those communities exactly, or exactly. they don't um, realize their full potential because of, of you know, a lot of barriers, a lot of, again, sometimes it's even the small town mentality or a mixture of a lot of things. But I want to understand, Nell, how did you start hustling and what was life back, uh, back when you were growing up?
2: So I think maybe let's start when I was on like elementary days. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the first early hassle in my life. Like I'm a I'm a very social person. I like to go out with friends, etc. and all. Then mm-hmm. on on, on Katbalogan, the community is very small. Yes. And the, the 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 people who I've grown up with were not that, you know, or not that comfortable in life, etc. and all. And yeah. they need to hassle. So for me, just to get along with the the friends when i was like if, even if, that was in grade three i, I would go out with them on weekends after you know school and they were selling this buko ice buko thing wow it, I'm not sure if you you're familiar with this i one, am so. very
1: familiar with this <laughs> thing okay <laughs> so i told that, that, you i am very local as local can count
2: so that that were Oh, oh, it all started no so it was just for fun so that i could hang around with my friends etc and all Then yeah. we will go to this very small shop on the city we'll we'll get the styrofoam and get all of this ice buco and wow. we will and throw...
1: literally you pedal it around so again exactly. a, a, <laughs> a, a, you know a, a premonition of what you're eventually gonna do down the road yeah wow.
2: exactly so so that's for me it was not more of a money it's about like hanging out with them we, we we sometimes go to the pier and put all of this actually i'm not selling i'm just going with them and because there's this thing very exciting that we do on on the pier in Catbalogan. balog and we, yeah. we you know get some fishes on the very nice view
1: by the way yeah it's a, it's a seaside town
2: <laughs> yeah so that it all started and i realized oh i can make money out of this yeah. so I started getting all of the styros. So because like it was like you buy it, or technically not buying it, but you get the stocks. Yeah. Then you sell it at two two pesos. Then you return the capital plus 50 cents margin mm-hmm. to the owner. So I get Correct. 50 cents. So I started inviting a few of my friends again. I was because I I, I did a broker thing. Like, mm-hmm for two pesos they'll they'll come with us roam around the city and they'll earn 20 cents and they'll get 30 cents wow so that's how that's how basically it all started even like in college so and you,
1: where did you study college
2: so after graduating from summer national school i went to cebu to, to study mm. fi- accounting be accountancy so i studied in university of san carlos Got so it. yeah maybe it really depends on the circle friends that you have. Mm. Because that time, I have this set of people who are not comfortable in life, but really doing the hassle just to survive.
1: Yeah.
2: College. Uh, no? So absolutely. That's, yeah. So yeah, one of my hassle in college was creating high flyer tutorial services.
1: Oh,
0: wow. Yeah.
2: So that was all that, that was the moment that came to me that I will be doing this kind of like hassle for like the rest of my life because I enjoy, I'm a process person. If I see a process, I tend to to replicate all of them on my imagination and I pinpoint all the things that can be improved. Got and it. yeah, I'll just execute it. Like for example, I high Hyplier started when I was doing a tutorial service to this Korean Agency in
1: Cebu. Yes, there's a lot of Koreans in Cebu back then. I mean, till yeah. now. Yes,
2: yeah, until now. So I was doing math and science tutorial that time. Mm-hmm. Then to make the story short, I got close to my clients and to, the, to to a moment that we were doing the 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 tutorial on the condo and asking them how much are you paying on the agency. Then finally, they're paying ten thousand pesos, and the agency was only giving me three three thousand pesos. And they're keeping seventy, seven thousand. So for me, it wow. wasn't fair. So I started learning the ropes and you know their processes. Then I I implemented my own, in terms of like the accounting, like subjects. So I Got created it. a network of like accountants that are like fifth year, fourth year students who are, who are graduating that time and has a lot of you know time, because they have a few subjects and like for freshmen who are very. Stru- Struggling on basic accounting, so I just match the time, put them into the library, and yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Everything we're being managed on Excel, and we split it up. I I, I turn the table; they get the 7, the seven thousand. I get like the three thousand, seventy thirty split. So that's nice.
1: So again, you you made it make it work for your uh for your favor, but I'll just track back a little bit more. Uh, I'll, I'll, two things I wanted to find out because again, this is this is very personal to me. Because I see a lot of my 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 family, my cousins, and this is what I usually see. And this might be a hot take, and a lot of people might not agree with me on this. Region eight, or Eastern Samar, or Eastern Visayas, is one of the if one of the most impoverished impoverished uh, regions in the country, right? Um, just for context, uh in Northern Samar, where my, my, my mom's uh, hometown is, there's no BPI. There's no branch of BPI in there. I, we have to go all the way to Katbalogan or Calbayog just to go to a BPI. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, and it, it seems like there's no hope sometimes. And one thing I want to find out from your, from your thing, because you hustled, and I see a lot of people there hustle. I also noticed that, you know, um, the dream can also be limited to what's available because of who we surround ourselves with. Like, okay, typically I see the people from, from that region either working for the government, right? I don't know which which branch you're going to end up with.
2: Yeah, for sure, because that's one of the biggest employer on the region. Exactly.
1: And the second thing is they'll probably tell you to work hard so that you get a good, good job. And then that's it, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But to really go beyond that and become an entrepreneur down the road, there must be a chip on your shoulder and there must be a bigger dream, which I find rare coming from that region sometimes. Cause it needs to have influence. What was that turning point for you? What was that chip on your shoulder, uh, as well? Because I remember my mom telling me that, you know, she just wanted to get better opportunities, and whatever I get now was basically a product of those opportunities she gave me. She put me through very expensive, expensive schools, expensive schools, that eventually gave me the opportunity to learn things that uh, I don't, uh, you don't get to get in, in a normal school per se but she had to hustle hard we were in deep debt just to get through that but what was that like for you how did you program and how did you see beyond what was common in in the region
2: yep so i totally agree in terms of like employer you know choices or options there's none yeah even right now yeah the government's the biggest employer and everybody like wants to be part of the government workforce because there's no other option exactly. so like the city itself or the region itself i i usually coin uh like term them as like a trading region mm. so it's the money comes in and comes out on a daily basis they open shops you know just to trade things right. and this is also true th- true in terms of the talent mm. So it's like a trading talent as well. So we have very, not very good, like, but very competitive uh, yeah. high schools, school in the region. But somehow what's next? That's the next question. So most of the talent, the good ones after high school, they go out of the region, Exactly. either like go to Cebu, to Manila, etc., to continue their education. But for me, the route was going to Cebu,
0: mm-hmm. and that
2: was like the first time the lens of like how big the Philippines was came into me instead of like, you know, getting to be comfortable with Katbaloga and Tacloban and the entire region. Then right. that was the moment that, oh, there are other cities like this is awesome. Then the, the, the thing with me is like every time I go into places or into like any organization, Mm. There's this mindset that is wired even before I was young that I need to compete. Mm. So that's that's basically it, like even like when I was starting in college, I never settled because like there were a lot of people that were good who, who like came to San Carlos to study BS accountancy. So like from day one, it's fight, it's game on. So even like after graduation, working, etc. And all like it was like when I after after graduation I took the bird exam I landed a job in Citibank. Then I wow. invited my friends from Cebu to work in Citibank. That this is in Manila now. Yeah, this is in Manila now. So yeah. that was because like in high school one of the things that i really love doing because in summer national school you have two elective in preparation for your college so i selected accounting and it Mm -hmm. i really love doing it stuff when i was high school so my my barcadas we created some website that time it was html based black and white screen and i love doing it but the problem that time is like the it opportunity in the philippines is not that much and the employment opportunity is not that you know apparent and and people think you're a
1: technician every single time yeah exactly it's not apparent (laughs) but
2: they don't understand that you can build a lot of things with the internet and the codes that you're doing but apparently it was not you know it was not good in terms of like reputation Because they said you're just gonna fixing hardware, etc. and all, so I choose the accountants route, which the second thing that I love. Then, apparently, after graduating, I correlated all my interests and passion of both accounting and IT. Mm -hmm. Then that and then I applied it when on my first job when I was in Citibank. So ever since I was been building a lot of tools, financial tools.
1: So that's amazing. Now what I wanna now, uh, ask with this because again, okay, it's super impressive. I mean, everybody has a different starting point, right? Some have a handicap, like us. You know, we don't. We don't come from. Uh, that's a chip on our. We've always had a chip on our shoulder because we're super competitive. Because we know from the get-go that nothing's ever going to be given to us. We have to earn exactly. our way and fight our way to to get a shot. Even and even when you get that shot, there's still you know, the system is built to not a- a allow people like us to thrive right away because, you know, we don't where we come from the grassroots and whatnot. Exactly. I want to understand. So you said that competitiveness and I've seen two types also because I've had family that go into Manila and whatnot. But some of them, they go, they wilt under pressure. They said uh, they they are the ones who discriminate on themselves, which is the worst. Because even if, I mean, people will judge uh, you, I this guy's from D, exactly. whatever, blah, 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 right? But they're the ones who do that amongst themselves. And obviously the results will be not good. But for you, how did you keep pushing despite those barriers? Because I remember my mother also telling me she had the same experience. She eventually worked for Ayala for a very long time. That's what That's what fueled us. To make ends meet at least and again expand the horizon but she always had that chip she was gritty and she said that she's gonna compete she was gonna out hustle even those people who came from really good schools from international whatever but she was gonna bring it every day i want to understand how you motivate yourself because until now i'm pretty sure that still that still exists yeah and it's still perm- there
2: it's still there Yeah, Yeah, same for me. Yeah. Mm -mm. So just want to share like my first few years in Manila. I I I, like I was working in Citibank and it was like, yeah, all of this discrimination, even like the, the way you pronounce things. Yeah. It was really hard. me but apparently I just realized that you need to accept all of this and it really doesn't matter all of these white noises but you need to focus on something that you're good at so I found a niche when I was in Citibank because they're they're from big universities they have all of this exposure even mentors for said like they have their parents who work in the corporate etc and for you to outshine, outshine all of these things you need to find your niche and my niche was I'm good at creating tools because I'm an IT guy. I'm an accounting guy. And I can mix all of those skill sets. And the first tool I built was an Excel HTML Visual Basic coded that automated the three day process, manual processing into five minutes Excel file. Just wow. a one button click. And nobody was doing it. So i found the niche and you know <laughs> like, like yeah I, I, I'm being honest because like every time you show that project or if you created a new project everybody who was doing it manually for decades will just you know grow their eyes bigger wow what did you do yeah so those things and yeah and i think i dominated that space for quite some time before i, I was i transferred to png Mm. But before when I on my first day in PNG, I was like very, very, you know, parang film sarili like hey, I'm the best <laughs> guy from the other company. Yeah. And then apparently when you when I joined PNG, I saw all of this board top natural guys, different Timidating. level game, intimidating, different level game, very intelligent people, yeah. people who are good in execution, and they have the same profile as mine. They have all of this, this awesome project that's been distributed globally and regionally so i need to start from zero and you know outwork and outpace
1: them how, how did you do that and how did you motivate yourself to keep going
2: so it's just a matter of maybe on my end it's just i don't really want to accept to defeat no it's more of like okay if they're working 8 hours or 9 hours i need to push like 3 13 or like 12 hours per day wow if they're sleeping i need to work wow so those things so and, until everything just level up
1: and and that's true and that's why sometimes i really find it weird cuz this this narrative this story is 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 very you know i, I see some kids now going into the workforce and they have this anti-hustle movement. It's like, what the actual fuck does that even mean? Right? And then they, they say that, yeah, um, I'm okay. I don't need money. I've heard of that before. I'm okay that I'll be happy without money. I mean, I respect that. There's nothing wrong with that if that's a goal. But man, we come from the hardest of hard. And the only chip in our shoulder is our dream. Right? And you come in and you know, some people will lollygag, some people will petix their way. And then just because they some people will feel entitled just because they come from this thing. And this is very much true, even in the startup community, you will have imposter syndrome every single time. The only reason I'm I'm able to kind of, kind of, you know, fit in is because I learned how to talk this way, right? But deep, deep inside my heart, man, when I talk to People that have been from the states, these the, the expat founders. I was like, well, can I even fuck with these guys? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I still go through that till now, right? But the one thing that I also do is very similar to do. I'm gonna freaking out hustle. I'm gonna earn it. Cause nobody's gonna give exactly. Shit,
2: right? Nobody will gonna give it to you.
1: Correct. And, you to work. And that's the thing that we wanna go, especially if you're a Filipino founder. You come from the same background that Nell and I have gone through. The only way out and the only way you're going to give yourself a chance is by out hustling everyone and also yourself because sometimes it's actually just your competition that you have to go through. Now, before we take our first break, you went to PNG and then eventually you're going to go to the competitor in Unilever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, there's a very interesting story. Yes.
1: In um. Before we talk about that, uh, I want to understand you, you, you do this. When did it start? When did the bug of entrepreneurship start visiting you? That, hey, you know what? I'm pretty freaking good at this thing. Because some people are actually built to be great entrepreneurs, but it never they never take that leap. Yeah. How did that start creeping into your mind?
2: So all of those things that I've been doing since I was like young in college, mm-hmm. et cetera, and all, I've been doing it again on the side when I was in PNG, okay. just to satisfy, just to satisfy all of this urge, the night, the sleepless nights that you like, shit, I should have done this, I should have done, you know. So I created some brick and mortar businesses on the side, like even like I brought one in Manila, Virgin Hot Dog.
1: We put virgin a, hot dog that doesn't sound sexual <laughs> yeah
2: it was very catchy and, and people on MRT's really love it it's virgin
1: a hot dog
2: okay.
1: <laughs> it's a <laughs> Richard yeah. Branson's is gonna sue you for that thing my man right. yeah,
2: it's a hot dog on sticks and we created a lot of like <laughs> a lot of stalls on the MRT's and then apparently the exited and sold it out wow yeah, so those kind of like hassles I did but the the, the biggest one like when I resigned from PNG, I started my own startup because like, I keep on reading about this inspirational articles that you can do this and you can do that. Yeah. Then Unilever gave me the international lens, global lens, so with creating a lot of projects, not only local user, users, but only le- also regional in Southeast Asia and also like global uh, tools that I've deployed, every yeah. country that I was assigned, I would ensure to meet few startup founders on the area.
1: That's amazing.
2: So it created a lens of what the other countries were doing in terms of startup. And yeah, it, it somehow satisfied my my urge of creating my own. So 2016, yes. I launched HighBest. Mm-hmm. This is on the side when I was in Unilever. So, Hybus is basically an on demand personal assistant that you're just going to mm-hmm. text an SMS gateway and will do anything you request as long as it's legal. I launched it in somewhere, managed to bootstrap it for quite some time, profitable for four years and, you know, scale it up to 18 cities, emerging what? cities in the Philippines without any funding. Are you kidding me? Wow. And I was doing it on the side.
1: Oh, no, Russian Unilever. So, okay, well, well, before I take your first break, you said you hustle in your work as well, right? And you still had high best on the side. Walk me through this because I, if you're a kid, you're in a young 20-something, and again, you think, you know, everybody's going to get into YC. I love that people are getting into YC now. Amazing work, but not everybody gets to do that, right? Yep. Not everybody will get that, that privilege to have a YC-type company. Every one of us that are here are going to have to fucking hustle to, to get there. Now, Nell, walk me through the daily grind. Back when you were doing this, how many hours of work do you, did you put in? And I'm pretty sure you were in I, your I, 20s. Actually,
2: on, on my side, I, don't, I really don't count how many hours I work. I count yeah. how many hours
1: I sleep. Okay. Three, how many? Three, three, to, three to four hours per day. Seven days a week. Yep wow yeah. that
2: is yeah, because crazy. i i totally understand that you know so some people has this like notion that you need i i need to do business i need to do startup because so that i can control my time I be mm-hmm. my own boss but basically it doesn't you know translate to that yeah. you don't have time if you have a startup especially on like the early days because there's no holidays there's no weekends yeah. there's no family outing for sure
1: and you a lot of sacrifice, and that's what it what it takes. Because again, again, everybody's given the same finite amount of time every day, twenty four hours. But it's what you do, and the choices that you make to do with it. And, and the earlier you sacrifice, eventually you're gonna reap the benefits of that. And I believe that what you put in eventually is what you're gonna get out. But if exactly. you if you want to cash out early, like oh, let's hang out with my friend, I need to make hang out, exactly. blah 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 blah. Then don't expect a lot of things. Because luck is never gonna find your way. Because luck you know, goes to those people that hustle.
2: Exactly. Right? The algorithm is very binary. Now. It's mm-hmm. what input equals output. How many times of work you put there, the output will translate based on all the effort that you have given into the business. So I totally as what the saying goes or what the saying says, like, the dream is free, but the hassle is sold differently. Everybody can dream.
1: Absolutely. All right, let's take our first break and then we come back. Let's talk about your hustle and Unilever. And again, how you were able to do a, get a global perspective and what happened with high best eventually. We'll talk about yeah. that more after the break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,
0: PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hey, guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about... That's sasschallenge.ph And good luck and see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still with Neil Ligo who then told us how he hustled. I, I love the story because again, chipping our shoulder, grassroots, and now look at you, right? Um, But this is just, we're just getting started. Because again, you, you left PNG and you went to Unilever. That is a direct, Competition, and typically there are on your employment contracts there are things that will prevent you to do that. But you said you there's an interesting story of how you went from PNG to Unilever. Walk us through how that worked.
2: Yeah, so basically there's there was no plan of like leaving PNG because PNG is the best, one of the best employer in the you know in the Philippines. I love the company. They train people so much, and you know, like. Before Kalumabas, Hinug na hinug na, so yun yung firm. So I really love the company. I have nothing bad to say about it. But there was just this one opportunity that came in like 2015. Unilever was building a rock star uh, starters that would create their first shared service company in Manila. And this is coincided with the project of transforming the PACO office going to BGC. Wow. So that's how big the project is. And like it, the, the, the thing that marked with me when I spoke to Maria Sharenko, the director that, that I, I've been talking about the project is like, hey, Nell, if you come and join the project, you'll be able to, you know, unlock 550 employment for the Philippines. Wow. And with that, I was sold out. I, we didn't even discuss the salaries, etc. and all. And I, I, it was a top line. I know this is what I'll be doing. And okay. I'm interested of like, uh, helping, you know, transforming this like project and creating this a lot of like employment opportunity for the Philippines, because that's one of my motivation. Also on the side, if um, every time I do businesses, this is one of the things that I highly consider. And Amazing. yeah, and this is still true until now, even like creating high-best, creating Peddler. I would bring the company to Katbalogan or to Summer just to get that first em- private employer on the region mm-hmm. and give opportunities to the young talents that were not given opportunities because there's no other options.
1: Exactly, other than to work for the government. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. and and that was the motivation. I got excited. I talked to, Virg, to my to one of my bosses and my mentors, and yeah, they know they can't stop me because they know that's what I really want to do. And yeah, it's not competitive per se because we are just building. There's no financial, you know, knowledge on that. It's it's based project management recruiting all of these people. And the project was very interesting because like we were trying to migrate all of the accounting and finance and IT jobs from Southeast Asia going to Manila. Just just imagine like there are 50, like, for example, there are 50 accountants and finance people sitting in Indonesia. And right. we were trying to transfer all of this in, that in Manila with a limb like not equal apples to apple FT account, or like yeah. fifty to fifty, but more on like fifty to fifteen plus full automation.
1: That's crazy.
2: So that that's how it works.
1: What What's the exact product that you guys built? And yeah, that any type of digital transformation in any company, especially as big as P and G, is never easy. It's easy to throw the word around, but executing that whole thing is very startup like. And good yep. luck trying to make barriers of bureaucracy <laughs> and old exactly. habits that don't die. You know exactly. how you able. How were you able to then restructure that and take it there? And second thing is, how were you able to then unlock the 500 uh, sure. employment opportunities so, that was that was yeah. discussed with you?
2: Basically, the transformation in terms of the tools, the automation was not kind of a challenge okay. because we've done that. You know there are lots of things that have been you know it's a matter of like replicating all other stuff that had been done on the industry all yeah. throughout the years but the challenge part of the project is bringing these people with different backgrounds from different multinational companies which you have pirated yeah. to form the team and everybody has their own thing they were saying this is what's working in Johnson Johnson we should do this (laughs) etc and everybody has a lot to say you know then you end of day you need to choose and agree upon the best practices
1: right so it's it's like the Lakers you know you bring so many you buy so many players out and then it's all star players and then if it doesn't work it's ugly but if it does work (laughs) oh my god
2: yeah Yeah. so it was the most challenging part the tech side the, the automation was like quite easy in terms like, even like the, the migration processes, but it's more of like the people, but once it, 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 everything are burnt pains of the project. But once you manage to learn all of those things, especially the people management and like the building, the culture, etc., and all, everything were just as smooth as normal projects. Got it.
1: Now, what are the. So after you did this in Manila, you went to Mexico, right? Did you physically go to Mexico yep. to do this? Yep. yep. Now, this is where a lot of, again, I've seen this so many times with other founders. Uh, and it's very similar to actually ER uh, uh journey of Grocery. She went to Singapore to, to do the thing. I think he did it for PNG, if I'm not mistaken. But here you went to Mexico. And the beauty about Latam, is and and I've seen this so many times, uh. Before is that we're actually more South, South American <laughs> than Southeast Asian, right? Because of our again behavior and whatnot. What did you see in Mexico, and what did you learn with a global perspective now of how you then took these these talents or expertise you got from from Manila, from PNG to Unilever, and then how did you learn furthermore when you were in Mexico?
2: So it's, uh, the assignment in Mexico gave me some realizations that like not all the members of a team should be rock stars. You need people who can go to office day in, day out without any complaint. And you can have rock stars on the side who do things exceptionally. And you can also have people on the team who somehow hit or miss the target. Because technically at the end of the day, all of these parts will just you know fit on each other. Because yeah. if you put everybody who are rock stars on the team, a lot of arguments will happen and nothing will get that. So those are the things that that I managed to learn in Mexico in terms of the, the team demo, uh, demographics or like the culture itself. And also like, it was really like eye opener for me for going to Mexico because it's like, the philippines <laughs> <told> Exactly, you. <laughs> it you it was the philippines so nothing has changed only the language
1: so like yep. wow. and they have better they have better food i i, I love food yeah, here exactly. but meg my god tacos, yeah, exactly, tacos. whatever <laughs> have you all,
2: all, right. all of those things and like yeah like they saw one rosario on my bag and they oh my god you have this rosario in the philippines and they, they were shocked, yeah, we're, like, we got uh, yeah. same by the Spanish, right?
1: We have the same colonizer, guys. What are you talking about? So they were all,
2: they started asking about, Mama, Mama, Mary, do you also have those things? Yeah, for sure. But yeah, the, the, the things that I learned in terms of the hassle in Mexico is like, they, they work so hard for four days. They deliver everything within four days because Friday is yesterday. Nobody works on a Friday. On my first week in Mexico, I called up the meeting on a Friday. Nobody arrives in the (laughs) office. Then the HR called me. Friday here is like no work, technically. So it it, four day work week for them. So, uh, it's not technically official, but it's more of like like cultural thing. But if you can imagine, I was really like. Like kinakabahan, because on how can we deliver a project with a yeah. very limited time frame. But apparently we just managed to execute and deliver based on the agreed timelines, even like where the people
1: are working on four hours a week. Wow. So it was like crazy four hours a week but how many hours per day on those four, four hours That's
2: for sure there's not the normal working hours they just so the, the good thing it, on on all of these companies like png unilever which i even like brought with peddler and hybus is like they're not very conscious on the time everything hassles yes the only thing that we agreed upon is like the deliverables you need to be output based you need to be like committed and be accountable if you say you will be delivering these goals by monday you need to deliver it by hook or by crook. no matter yeah. how many hours you sleep or you don't sleep correct so those things so and even like it's four day they can commit so it's like really amazing
1: yeah that's great now i, I want to understand um now so you were on the other side of the pacific and you still had high best doing this how were you able to do those things simultaneously
2: so the good thing about Hybus is like, I created the processes. Everything was automated. Then I have like my co-founders, Jai and Mark who are doing it like on the side. So they're basically on the operation. Then come 2018, when everything was really shaking up in the Philippines, in terms of the startup space, it was like the the leap of faith to this, for me to, you know, say goodbye to the corporate world and focus more on my startup. That was 2018. So I was I was, in, I was in Singapore and like very near to the Philippines, but still far because I cannot go back and forth because of like a lot of things to be done on the corporate side. So yeah, I decided, okay, this is not working anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are being compromised. So I want to do on my own.
1: Okay. Now this is where it starts. You took the leap, my man. Um, and sometimes, you know, uh, it, it does pan out and sometimes it doesn't. What what changed and how were you able to then um, scale up high best at that point? Because, again, eventually you'll end up doing peddler uh, during the pandemic. But what didn't you foresee? Because, again, especially coming from your background, I'm pretty sure you're a control freak with everything that you do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And you want to make sure everything's... Uh, um, so it was like
2: 2018, it was the height of high best mm-hmm. like we were opening up in Iloilo, like all of other cities, Bacolod, like Ormok, yeah. the emerging cities in Visayas. Like, Yeah, I just took the leap of faith, so uh, say goodbye to corporate world, then focus 100% with high best Then, yeah, we were doing just fine, then apparently late 2019, when Foodpanda and Grub oh. were very aggressive and did their own expansion okay so i that was not, i was not expecting that because i was expecting them to come in like around 2020 2021. and i was like trying to figure out some funds etc and all for me once they come in but it they came early as expected
1: so what happened how 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 competitive was were things and again they have a treasure trove exactly of what of, of, they have a
0: war war
1: chest
2: yeah exactly it so, so, so it was really like crazy because we were the winner yeah. so kung, kung, kung sa Pambansa pa, we were one of the number one yeah. player on the country especially in visayas and, and Mim, Mindanao yeah, part. yeah. Mm. so we were like we have kicked out all the local players in Iloilo or more etc and all that we were number one back then but apparently when they came they came with all the money that they have. I, I, they were expending crazy like it didn't even make sense to me on a financial perspective because i don't really know what they were doing they were paying two times the riders that we have yeah all of those businesses they wanted to the
1: eat market share even at the loss that's what yeah. they were trying to do
2: even right. the partnerships that we have created for very long time with this micro and small businesses They'll they cut you took off. it. they even incentivize Wow. that which we cannot even you know be mm-hmm. at par in terms of offering with the small business uh, with the partnerships you know so those mm-hmm. are the things then apparently six they were giving free delivery for six months 80 90 percent discount on food oh cash God. back on groceries. so it really didn't make sense for us anymore then to cut the losses and not to bleed no more like we cut it we throw the white towel after eight months of bleed, bleeding because wow. we don't have funding. Everything was Bootstrap. based on top line revenue that translated into a cash flow that we reinvest in the company. And it was too late. Even like I talked to Francis, we were like 2018, we were in Tacloban about this St. Paul's talk about startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and he even like told me like, you should you know, go to YC, ask for funding, etc. And yeah, maybe it was like, my arrogance that time because we really didn't need the money We're mm-hmm. profitable top line bottom line cash flow capacity but apparently something even though how good the plan is somebody will function the pace
1: absolutely and it, it can be the market it can be competition it, or, or at <laughs> exactly. the end of the day you know there are a lot of things that you cannot control but a couple things that that really wa- I want I, I wanted to to zero in first one is this also speaks to and I've seen this a lot in Kubo. Um, because I am a, a mentor startup there, they, they do get me every once in a while to mentor. What I usually see are regionalized, you know, grab regionalized whatever, which is great. They can try, but the moment they enter your market, you're gonna be in big trouble, especially yeah, exactly. if you don't have the funding, even if you're profitable, because they can just take that away from you, take afford to exactly. take a loss and take it away. And that's where I think when when founders, regardless of where we come from, Bismin, Mindanao, whatever, Manila, that's where you need to really think about going at least national or even regional or global yeah. if you can. Because instead of being the prey, I mean, you know, you can be the predator if you're able to scale that faster. And I think that's what you did in Peddler, right? Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, Actually, even the plan with, with Hybris was to scale fast on Vismin and get the money from the revenue and go head to head on on Luzon, Manila, Makate, with and Food Panda. But apparently they were early than the plan. And I think the only consolation is like, we cut the, the losses early. Mm. So yeah. because most of the founder has this baby mentality, like, oh, this is my baby. I need to fight, et cetera. And it, even yeah. if it doesn't make sense anymore in a business perspective, you need to be mature and give it up as yeah. early as possible. Then, so yeah, cut loss. What, yeah, it is what it is. You can't control those things.
1: But but despite that, um, <laughs> there is going to be some emotional, mental, and whatever strain that's going to get to you. Yeah, I, I sure. went through a failure as well, my man. Um, my first startup i did that for 6 years party file and again very arrogant as well so very again arrogant to that we, that's what we were <laughs> right um, and naive it's it's a, a, that's a that's actually a, a dangerous combo when you're naive and you're you're, and you're just stubborn i'm not really arrogant it's stubborn that i'll keep doing one thing without without foreseeing things it's a recipe for disaster And when that crashed, man, it crushed me, because, again, at the end of the day, it's my fault. How did you cope with that? Because it's never easy to go through that.
2: Well, it was really painful on the beginning, especially like when they were coming, then having these calls, like a lot of riders just transferred. them etc and all then some of the merchants were tied up on a contract of exclusivity so Mm -hmm. everything that you build from the beginning all of those like effort to sleepless nights are slowly going away it was really really painful like but hey you just need to be strong there are other things to be done and you know just be smart my maybe my because like for me i have the scope mechanism on my end everything mm-hmm. there's doubt i just work right. so that i could you know stay away from negative thoughts so when when hi when Hibis was having all of those things i was trying to internalize if what would be the feebot opportunities yeah feebot to have the same company or feebot to take all the experience the assets etc of the company and go somewhere else that you will dominate because like let's all agree this tech scene in the philippines is winner takes all mm,
1: i would have to disagree on, on on some spaces on some but it's on not zero space. sum. there's uh, in other in other industries there's probably room for two to three or four uh players and they all it win but um, yeah in like but, but in terms of very similar like offerings ah, yeah.
2: it will be like winner take ah, on yeah, like, like on my case, it was like high best. there's no room for three even like they're killing each other food band and grabbing the food delivery space it's zero and sum it, there yeah and yeah. at the end of the tunnel only one will stand along the way so. and that's
1: why you need to identify blue oceans because if you're going exactly. to go to a blue, red ocean then yeah it's zero sum, and you need to be prepared to go to war but exactly. it's a blue ocean you carve out your own niche and you become a really good first mover that you leave everybody in the dust there's nobody that can catch up right
2: yep exactly and the the that consolation with high business like the, all the insights all the feedback all of those learnings working side by side with the micro and, and small businesses from mm. different cities and provinces in the region was with me Nobody can take
1: it. So you had the relationship already.
2: Yep. So I saw their daily basis of activity, what they do, what are the manual things. And there's a lot of opportunities to be automated on that space. And it came just to me very clearly that experience when I was in India 2017, when we were doing the T category data analytics Mm. thing, in which we we're trying to get some data on the retail space. And there's this one specific startup in India claiming they have this data on the ground. Mm. And the name of that startup is Katabook. Catabook mm. is the OG of all of this bookkeeping application. Got it. So that's what the inspiration about Peddler, but we might we somehow, you know, transform it fit the local requirement in the Philippines. Instead of the ledger, mm-hmm. we created or solved the number one problem on the ground, which is inventory management. And we coupled it out with like, so Peddler is a POS application with a very strong inventory management, and it is connected to different ledgers, cash ledger to manage your cash flow in and out. You can see it at the end of the day, no more manual tallying, etc. and all. Mm-hmm. Then you have this credit ledger in which, you just you just write all of those customers who, uh, who owns wow. the business and you just press one button remind the customer Ped- peddler will just gonna send some uh, some sms reminder to the customer hey hey ron Boy, you, have...
1: <laughs> you haven't paid yeah. it
2: yet yeah exactly so those things mm. and yeah we have an online store from day one wow so those
1: okay. things oh, amazing so again I can relate so much because I had a similar story with how I created chatbot and party file right I saw that again the the very thing that I I could have pivoted into just that but I saw that when we did party file it's so hard to get people to just download an app to go to a club because the main default way of people just ask for help is messaging just so happens that you're we already dying as well so it's similar in a way, and I, I like what you did there. But a couple of things I'm very curious of. Was it the same co-founding team? And how did you build a product to, to make that work?
2: So this time it was all me.
1: Wow. I, when,
2: when we start when I started Peddler the idea, etc. and all then I take some like Francis from Hybes, one of the developer that I have, then mm-hmm. I recruited local talents as well, like Nelson to be the founding developer with Peddler. Okay. So we started then Mel, three full-time founding developers, then me being the project manager and software architect. So we we started building Pedler. And apparently ICO was also trying to explore what's happening in on Catbalogan. And in the Philippines, she was based on Tokyo. She created a lot of startup as well. Mm. And we've been working since we were high school. Nice. or college brick and mortar in the province and yeah it was really the right timing because that time i was looking for an operations person who is very detailed while i'm doing the product on the side so all of us ICO, me francis mel and nelson created peddler from the scratch bootstrapping no money no funding we created the application and scale so much without money so it was like really crazy scaling
1: How did you do the scaling? Because again, this means there's a bunch of islands that you're going to have to go through, right? It's not like you can just go door to door there. But again, you had the the contacts already. How did you then leverage off that network that you built in Hibis?
2: Actually, it was more of like when we were doing some some surveys, it was like really easy because we have the network of merchants and also like the, the local sari-sari store in Region 8 or just a small business because like Region 8 is a good place to start this business because there's no employer. The only source of income is trading. Mm. There are lots of small businesses on the area. You can easily go and check, hey, can, do you think this is like this will work on you, etc.? It's really easy to get all of those feedback. Got it. So how we got our first 50 users, like it's the same old network from Hybis, taking all of this and be our beta testers until we somehow come up with a polished MVP. Then that we started taking users who we don't know because I know there were biases on some feedback because they see it's very tricky talking to these people who you know. Yeah, What they say is different than what
1: they do. Because they don't want to hurt you
2: exactly so they were saying this is good etc and all but I'm, I'm looking on the analytics on the application you're not using it how yeah. can you say it's good all so right. those things so i initially it came to me that okay you're not a good beta tester i will go out and find people who i don't know so that's where we you know explored things icon i were really scouting all of this facebook groups mm. about saris our stores and we found out that there are like 51 groups all over the Philippines, ranging from 50,000 members to 500,000 members. Mm -hmm. So we just infiltrated that group and we posted, hey, you want some free VOS system? And like like even that approach was not easy for us. Because when we started posting, like me, Aiko, were only the two of us and all of those 50 groups. Mm We initially thought that a very professional artwork or graphic design (laughs) would attract a lot of users or like attract all of the Sarasara store vendors, but, but when we started posting, nobody was, you know, reading it, even like the English things, it's not resonating to the users, nobody was interested. We started, Mm -hmm. we like maybe 20. Types of A/B testing of like collaterals that we posted on a daily basis. Imagine, dalawa lang kami to post all of those groups. Then nobody was even like responsive all of those things. I got fucked up. Uh, parang I can't understand why nobody was like <laughs> interested. We're giving free software that yeah. technically will help them, but apparently I just simply write, "Hey, who wants to uh, a free POS with inventory management system? Please type mine on the comment below." The normal post. Not yeah. no graphics etc then that it all started everybody were you know commenting like a fish
1: wow that's so like, amazing but,
2: like for those first day we have like our first thousand beta testers who we don't know
1: so you just really have to to you know adapt it and dumb it down sometimes to to a level exactly. where your customers are most likely to engage uh, exactly. and, and and get that done but here's what i'm very curious of so you give it give it away for free and you're bootstrapping this how did you make money and get cash flow to continue to bootstrap
2: we don't have money <laughs> mm. so technically there was no cost for us aside from aws then we, I, I have few credits on aws then that's the only cost that we have
1: okay no but i mean generate revenue in cash flow. because so you were able to scale fast right and you're able to get all these adaptations eventually there there is a business model that you're going to have to come through and and figure out here. How are we able to do that?
2: So right now, the the main goal is to get users, as many of them as fast as possible Mm. and figure out monetization later on.
1: Got it.
2: Because like it's a no barrier of entry type space. So the only strategy that makes sense right now is to capture majority of the market as early as possible before somebody else comes in.
1: And what's impressive here is did this during 2020 at the at the day at the dawn of the pandemic. Walk me through how fast you were able to scale. And just quick numbers. So again, you you did this uh, Q3 2020. How fast did the scale?
2: Q3 2020 around September was the idea. It was where it all started. Then I started talking to Francis, to Mel, to Nelson, then we all agreed on the on the product, we create I created the UI with an end-to-end product design and new user experience. So technically it's done on in terms of design and UI UX. Then apparently, after around November 2020, December, we created two weeks. We build the MVP. We launched it to 50 users. Mm-hmm. Then after that, we got some feedback iteration, and I think that iteration cycle that we had that time was around seven days. Mm.
1: Wow!
0: So
2: yeah, so we keep on building the application until we finally completed all the basic functionalities. Then July twenty twenty one, we launched the application to the public with a beta testers of five thousand users. Wow! Base. So that was the only, like it was so basic, but apparently it keeps on growing. Everything was organic. Sure. Then we close out for six months, 2021, end of December with around 250,000 downloads.
1: That is amazing. Now, here's the thing. Last question before we take our last break. Based on supply chain management that I've seen, right? Brands are always blind at the last mile, right? And with this POS, technically, you're not just accumulating, again, who owes, who what, but you also have an inventory management that allows brands the ability, if they want to access that data, exactly. How much uh, supply they have left all the way to the last mile, which they're blind because they typically spend a gazillion bucks and wait... Long times just to get type of the da- the type of data. Is that the business model you're trying to get? To so team?
2: it was one of the intentions mm-hmm. because, like, if, when I was in F- the FMCG uh, space, like this is one of the frustration. There's no data on the ground. There's no yeah. retail data that would bridge all the brands. Mm. on the retail space and with the POS with peddler we we kind of have all of those data sets to make some exactly. minim- meaningful analytics that somehow would you know if it would be meaningful for the brands we can you know look at it later yeah. on. So in terms of like business model there would be some revenue out or streams that will be coming out q1 this year but it's more of not revenue stream or business model that will not create churn, but rather attract more users on the platform. Some yes. of those will be like through digital products mm. on top of the POS. So the POS will be like forever free. It will be like help them doing this accounting, bookkeeping, and vendor management, etc. and all. But what we will be having is like automate, we will automate the prepaid load
0: mm.
2: into the POS, the same on how 7Eleven are doing it. So they will earn some of because like what we've seen on the data sets is like the number one product in terms of peso value that are being recorded on the POS right now is prepaid load. This is on of peso course. value. Yeah. This is on peso value. So it totally makes sense because like they're doing selling the, the load through analog phones, three phones, different telcos, those things. And they go to Peddler to record all of those transactions because they want to check at the end of the day how much wallet for each network they have. So technically, it all boils down to the inventory management aspect of it. So it totally makes sense for us to automate the selling and the accounting side end to end. So that's one. And also we will, we already like have some good contracts with Bayad like to execute the bills payment as well for them to have another revenue stream as well. And wow. yeah, I, we got the license to distribute mobile legend diamond on the platform as well. So, ah, nice. so, so imagine like a lot of mobile legend players in the Philippines and some of op- only them can access the credit card route to purchase all of this diamond. So there's a lot of potential doing it offline through Sarasara Sara stores. So those type of products that we will be pursuing later on. But for sure, those are not the main intent of the business model. So mm. there are other things that I cannot discuss, but it will be big for Peddler in all terms right. of
1: monetization. Okay, now let's take your last break. And when we come back, let's now talk about how you were able to then push this forward and now break your cycle of bootstrapping because eventually you're gonna get funding eventually uh, as well. We'll talk about that more after the break. <laughs> Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access a hashtag Uno Ready savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. Whether hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag Uno Boost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UNOBoost. And we're back in the break. We are still with Nell Ligo, who then told us how he was able to bootstrap, get so much traction. And again, uh, do this so fast in the middle of a pandemic. But a couple of things I want to find out. So again, you got beta testers and feedback is very important. You said the first few beta testers were just not trying to hurt you, saying blah, blah, blah how were you able to get the feedback that you needed without having to go face-to-face? Were there any specific tools? Because again, a lot of startups struggle in this. They drink their own (laughs) Kool-Aid, believing that, oh, I have a great product. And then you go to market, it never scales or, you know, the churn is crazy. How were you able to get something that, you know, that's sticky? that eventually uh, got you that that, that um, virality through other people as well?
2: Sure. Actually, I think what is unique with Peddler is not the application or the technology that we have, but what is unique with Peddler is the community that we have built on the onset. Mm. So we have this Peddler app user community on Facebook that keeps on growing. It's very engaged. Users are very active, sharing tips. Like how to adapt the technology, how to use the technology, tips about business, et cetera, and all. And at the end of the day, it created a support system for this micro and small businesses, which is, I think, is very important amidst of the pandemic that we are having right now. So the community, the community itself was very strategic for us in terms of the growth Mm -hmm. and also in terms of stickiness of the product. Yeah. So there's a story behind how the community was formed. It was not like intended planned, et cetera, and all. So when we first went to market upon launch July, first two weeks, it was like crazy because like users are downloading the application, trying to check out what's with Peddler. And then after seven days, they will just drop off. Mm. No usage, no traction. And apparently I got so curious and i started calling this user say why are you not using peddler etc and all then i managed to get like a hundred of them created a facebook group
1: okay
2: it created a facebook group in which we can you know dialogue and discuss things then apparently one of the feedback that i got from the market is like they're very afraid of putting their personal information address etc and all to this application that just came out no branding no they don't know so hence they they have this very, it very was trust issue yeah mm-hmm. uh, they have this trust issue about technology etc and all or even like the peddler Then apparently the second problem is like they are afraid of putting their business information price etc margin profit on the application because they thought that we will be giving the information to bir and bir will <laughs> chase them and them end up paying a lot of money so they were scared oh, totally
1: so, the, do, do, so those, were,
2: those were the things like those were the first oh. road and I, I thought it was like for me it was the hardest part to solve mm. because it cannot be you know work there's no workaround. it cannot be solved with any product alterations etc yeah. and all be, and you know the compromises like on the we the, the, the conversation happened on, on that facebook group and the compromise that we had is hey okay, trust us, we will make the application fully offline. Mm. You will own the data. It will not sync to the server, nobody will see it. Mm. But there's a caveat. Once uh-huh. you deleted the application, you uninstall the application, all those data will go, like it will evaporate. It will be deleted. and everybody agrees, okay, it's fine. I'll use this. It will be offline, and they were using it offline, then after seven days, 14 days, somebody, a lady posted on that community saying, hey, admin, my daughter accidentally installed Peddler, and I have 14 days data on the app. Can you you recover the data sets? But apparently, we can't because it's on their local phone. Of course. Me being from PNG,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, me being from PNG trained to scare these people through our safeguard campaigns about germs, (laughs) etc. So we capitalized on the the situation. I said, Hey everybody, you need to press this button. Don't be like this lady who lost his data, especially yung listahan ng utang. Mm. Just keep on syncing your data so that it will be secured. And yeah, that's where it all started. The traction was going to us on a daily basis. And yeah. We were true to our words even until now. It's totally offline. It's an opt-in data sync mm. if they want to share it to us. And being true to your commitment, they rewarded us with referrals. Nice. Friends of so that's friends, a trade-off. Word, of, uh, word of mouth. So those are the things, that's, that's how we grew so much.
1: That's amazing. All right, now let's take, address the elephant in the room. I'm pretty sure you did not repeat the same mistake anymore of not f- fundraising. And for I think sure. you have just announced something within this week, technically, that uh will will be you know showing everybody that it's now different. I wanna know again how you then did the fundraising for Peddler this time. And yeah, how sure. what, what did you do differently? And it's just something that was scary at first because again, you're you're so used to doing bootstrapping. Yeah, exactly.
2: So maybe it's more of like taking the learning from high without you know fundraising early on and relying only for bootstrap because like if you want to grow a startup or a business you need the capital to grow and to hyperscale so what we did with peddler even like on the idea idea stage i was on fundraising mode nice. sending that deck uh, because i have no connections i have no contacts and the only thing that i know is like if you want to do the big league fundraising, you need to start from the small ones from the micro VCs. So that was my practice point before Mm -hmm. I was talking to these big guys. So I was sending the pitch deck to the micro VCs from from the region, all of the small funds, etc. And yeah, it was like, Taking learnings once one step at a time because I don't know how to fundraise, I don't know what they are looking but I know if I get all of this information, I can create a deck and right. do a pitch and storytelling that would somehow fit to what they want in, uh, to know about Philippines and the startup that we are running.
1: Who who did you first get uh, to, to invest if you because again, trial and error, similar to how you do product, but how were you able to get your first check and who are they from?
2: So the first check came from this angel network of Francis Plaza. Mm, three three so, five. Three three five. Now, nah. so it's more of like they have all of this angel network from YC founders mm. who are in the Philippines. Like, and this it, it was really like amazing because like, do you know Aaron Kramer? He was what? the OG of the Hypebus model. Mm, wow. About Ma- about magic and he put magic. Like, yes yeah it's mm-hmm. like the on-demand etc et and all and he put money the first money with peddler then everybody just came in all the angels that they have then next liza and cons were calling and yeah that it all started that i think that was how it propagated then faxman came in as well and we closed out the precede nice.
1: by november last
2: year it was like 500k precede last year then yeah then we just recently closed end of january 4.2 million seed money capital
1: What? that is crazy How? walk me through this how did you go from 500k to 4.2m was it because of yc how did you get how did you get this
2: so no it's not because of yc but because of the network of investors that you know because like I have no plans of raising seed round not until end of q1 2022. Wow. But after after the announcement of like, the big announcement of the pre-seed round November last year, a lot of investors had reached out Mm. trying to check out what peddlers doing, etc. And all then they get amazed on the traction and what we have built, especially the community that we're doing then. So the people just you know, it was easy fundraising versus my pre seed round because yeah. this time people were just giving their money.
1: Now that's amazing. But what did you learn in fundraising now? Uh, because again, this is your first real attempt towards this. And again, you race back to back big rounds. And again, I can just imagine the valuation. This is just your seed, right? The four point five M. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, four point three million 4.3. For the
1: seed. Oh my yep. god. <laughs> that is crazy right um what what are the main learnings and what are the tips you can share to founders now who are raising again unprecedented number of, of 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 funding that again the philippines have never seen
2: yeah so i think that the few things that i noted on the journey of the fundraising is like because on the onset when we were doing only the mvp It was really hard to convince this venture capitals that this will work, et cetera and all. Then after that, I just learned, okay, I'll not be doing the fundraising. I will not be selling the company now or that time. But I will keep on improving the product and get the traction because that time they were asking how, what are the traction, etc. And it was like idea and you don't have traction. Okay, they want some traction, we will do it, we will build the product launch and get some traction. Then it was true. We have the right traction that the KPIs are looking or the, the, the actual KPIs that somehow for them is good and tra- can translatable to an investable startup. So when I was raising the free said, it was not any more hard because we have the numbers. We have all the metrics that they want to see on a fundable startup. So mm. those things. So, And I think this is one of the common mistakes that I've seen a lot on the local founders. Just yeah. because they gave up. Because a lot of people will turn down your fundraising. Yep. But at the end of the day, you need to understand what they are looking for. Because like every turn down that I have when we were doing pre the previous pre seed uh, fundraise, I before the end call uh, the calls end, I I was like asking them, "What are you looking for?" Because right. I will n- never give up. And with all of this information I, I put into Excel, I draw a line, I draw all those things that they need, and we started working towards those goals. And hence, we close out the preset because nice. we know what they want. So those things, I just don't give up. And this is what all the founders should have or should know and learn on, on the fundraising side, because there are a lot of things that you need to speak te- good English, et cetera, and all, but it really doesn't matter. Yep. All the numbers will speak. Exactly. And and I I I am a believer that data sets and traction cures everything, all doubts.
1: Yep. Just like sales cure all. Yeah. <laughs> there exactly. you go. Um and, and and that's true because imagine if you are growing a startup and you're doing fundraising. I've been doing this for over 10 years now, right? Um three startups in. And the, 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 the one thing that never changed, uh, the only thing that changed now is the check sizes, which is great for everybody. Right? Yeah. So I'm very proud of you. Happy for you, bro. Um, but the thing that I really see, and this this is going to be there all the time, most, not, most no's are not yet. So never forget to ask why and what they wanted to see next. Because sure. even if they say no, if you really just prove it, that you're able to show grit and the ability to adapt and pivot, then that's the best sign to invest, right? Um, for, for that. Now, I'm just curious who's leading your seed round? Uh, because again, you don't get 4.2 m if you don't have very good luminary um you know, uh lead investors because that that's also the, the trick about fundraising, too. It's who leads your round that matters because that will play the Pied Piper effect and it will create FOMO among um, investors who is leading the seed round of peddler
2: so i have two leads for the seed round okay. one is patamar what's so patamar, patamar mm-hmm. so patamar is more was the leading one of the leading social impact investor for southeast
1: asia wow so
2: they have the story of peddler about empowering digitalizing this micro and small businesses about financial inclusion yeah and digital inclusion as well. So those uh, like it's a very good fund. I like Bo the, the the partner and also like on yes. the tech side, which I, I choose to get crystal Criston is with Enanch Inanch, yes. the, the the ex Lazada Philippines yep, CEO.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. So I like I, I like them because they know the tech space, they know people who can activate some of the, the features and tech requirements that we have like yeah and they know a lot of like network in terms of like bc
1: that is amazing all right now what's next for you guys what are you guys gonna try to build out you have this much resources and you can go full blast and not worry about comfort you're you're the big fish now nel you're you (laughs) you 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 it's not uh it's now big bank, eat little bank, but again, you're, you're you come from the grassroots and that's what's important now is that you know what it takes to be bamboozled to be trampled on, but I'm pretty sure that you won't be doing that. But what's next for what peddler and walk us through what are the things that we should be looking at for you?
2: So I think the the next big thing for Peddler is getting all of those talents, especially the, the local talents on Region 8. Because I know there are lots of good developers on the, the area yep. who came back from Manila, Dubai, and all around the globe because of the pandemic, and they're just here. The so are... come <laughs> back out
1: of the Oma, guys. <laughs> so
2: So we are trying to get all of those local talents as well. And also, like, a combination of like global talents as well so those things and what what is very exciting is we will be launching a lot of features aside from the the things i discussed about the monetization features Mm. but we have few things on the pipeline like for example digital timbangan Wow. <laughs> so, wow so so we have a lot of users right now in the wet or the public market and yeah. one of the challenges that they have is mahal yung digital young digital timbangan etc and all so with peddler we can easily you kind know, of solve all of those issues with nice. them so it, it's a good win-win situation for us because they will keep on using the application and will get much more of like stickiness on the platform absolutely that's and, amazing and a lot of things ahead
1: that it's amazing again. Thank you so much, now for such an amazing episode. And again, I'm rooting for you. We're proud of you. And go make our warai i proud. All right, go <laughs> go make the the guys from Beringan. Just kidding. Uh, they, people don't understand us. <laughs> understand what Beringan is. But if you do, Google it. All right. But again, thank you so much. Before I let you go, invite people over to check out Peddler and download it. And again, if they want to reach out to you, how do, where do they go and how do they do that?
2: Yeah, for sure. Like if you have a, a, a small or micro business like Sarasara Store or any other local brick and mortar and you want to automate all your financial you know, processes and you know, inventory management, just download Peddler. Go to www.peddler.io and download the application. We are available
1: on App Store, Play Store, and Huawei App Gallery. Yep. Alright, thank you Nil. But before I let you go Follow us on whatever podcast app You're listening to Whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts Or any type of podcast app But if you see there's a star Like in Spotify or Apple Podcasts Please give us a 5-star rating We need that too So that we get feedback On how what you actually like And don't like in the podcast But if you did say some jargon Also, it's going to be just Show notes on HustleShare.com And lastly If you want to be part Of our little community Not just like a, a community of peddlers It's going to be a HustleShare community On Facebook. Again, Nell, thank you very much.
2: Yep, thank you, Ron. Thank you so much.
1: Alright, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.
0: Peace.